You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Yeah, I love. Um, you know, I'd say you know an, an ideal outing is to go to a place that is, you know, a little familiar, but not overly familiar. Like I don't have a great confidence on. And I love um, just starting to think through the the strategy, kind of the tactical approach behind it. And um, and you know, it's like uh, like getting up early. Um, uh, you know, I think about I think about the trips that I like to do down to the Catskills. Um, you know, I go to bed. I'm sitting there tying, getting excited. I know I should go to bed by nine o'clock, but I'm all geeked up, so it's about 11.30. I get about two hours of sleep. It's 2.30, I wake up, start drinking coffee. I'm on the road by 3.30, you know, try to get there close to first light. And, uh, and you know, when I have my, in my mind, I have my string of spots. And, uh, and, 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 you know, just to be able to go and, uh, and just, and hit those spots, be the only one out in the water. Just love the solitude. Just absolutely love it. And so, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't really dwell on hitting that same place over and over. I, I do love the adventure. I love, you know, checking out new places. Um, but I, you know, I think what I do enjoy is maybe the second or third trip to a new place starting to kind of know my way around i feel a little comfortable with where i can go i have confidence in a few spots but i know that there's a lot more out there a lot more potential and and uh that to me is like just a perfect outing welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry we focus on guides conservation resort managers gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks for tuning in this time around. We appreciate that. Uh, we want to welcome to the program Steve Poppin. Now, Steve is out of Rochester, New York from Trouted Out Fly Fishing Pro Guide. Uh, he is specializing in kind of the Finger Lakes, Central New York, Western New York, lots of water to cover, and uh, is hooked up with the guys at Douglas, Cortland, Ross Reels, Sims Fly Fishing. Steve, thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure, a privilege to be with you here. Well, before we get into uh, your business, your, your you know your guiding, your kind of adventure trips in in New York State, why don't we start? Well, let's rewind right back to the beginning and tell us how you came to discover fly fishing, kind of what brought you to the water, and how the how your journey started in the sport. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Yeah, my um, I grew up 
you know, my father was an avid sportsman, and um, we live always a little bit rural outside of town. And, um, you know, my dad had me on the water. Uh, every weekend, we had a little boat. We'd get out to Lake Ontario and Fish Sodas Point, mostly warm water species. And um, I just loved to fish. There wasn't a lot of kids to play with growing up. And uh, we had a couple of ponds behind the house, and I just, I would start the morning fishing and finish the day fishing. And um, in college, though, um, you know, I started to notice we had some great cold water streams nearby and and was always pretty frustrated with um, using conventional tackle. And uh, and I go hit the streams and start losing a bunch of lures. And, and um, you know, one day I was kind of taking a drive and, uh, and I saw a guy working a fly rod and um, just fascinated me. And it wasn't really till about probably about seven, eight years ago, um, my wife had bought me a shirt and it was a bit oversized, realizing that most of my fashion was all oversized, need to kind of get in style. So <laughs> I took it back to the store and and uh, was looking for, you know, uh, to swap it out. And I, I you know, immediately gravitated to the uh, to the sporting goods section there and 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 I just asked my wife, I said, Hey, can I can I get a fly rod instead? And she said, No problem. And uh so basically, um during that window, my son had uh finished he transitioned from one school to another and our only option was uh, was a drive for him. There was no busing. So it was about a forty five minute drive from the house and we did team up with a couple other families and uh so i was a, one of the designated drivers and i work a nine to five job i'm an educator um and uh, a youth pastor so i wear a couple different hats mm-hmm. and um and so i dropped the kids off and i had a couple hours to spare and uh, initially i just came to work early but then i just came to work early you know and um and after kind of getting a routine i started to to go out and try to hit some of the streams before work. And um, I remember a couple weeks into it, it took me a while to connect with my first fish. I didn't really have anyone uh, to show me the ropes, um, just trying to figure it out myself. Um, I would fail and then I'd jump on a YouTube video and try to figure things out and go back out. And I remember catching my first trout and, uh, and I was hooked. Um, you know, my, uh, I love my job, my day job, um, and uh, I spend a lot of time with families and with youth. And but um, I also kind of encounter a lot of problems and a lot of difficult situations. And and, uh, and I actually found myself just as we were raising our kids. Um, my son is a an awesome young man, but um, also was going through a kind of a troubling time. And and um, and I found that the, the stream time was just therapy for me. Mm. Um, it was like, uh, you know, I was around a lot of people, you know, still I'm around a lot of people, but, um, you know, in the midst of whatever was going on, that solitude was absolutely recharging to me. And, and, um, so now, you know, my kids are, uh, out of school and, um, and, uh, and one's out of the house and, uh, but my 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 lifestyle of fishing in the morning has never changed. So I've been doing that um, pretty much consistently. I 
I have a nine to five job, so it gives me a couple hours in the morning, and um, and then I have uh, I have a scheduled you know midweek day off, and then I got the weekend, so um, I spend a lot of time out in the water. What is it about fly fishing specifically? If you had to put your finger on it, because I. I know what you're saying there, like, in, and I can relate to that a little bit in a different scale, but I can only imagine some of the things you have to deal with day to day. And, you know, like you say, you're probably surrounded by a lot of people. And I think when you get a lot of people's stories and people kind of, um, I don't know, when they come to you, I'm sure, for advice or whatnot, that it, it is taxing in its own way. So probably that, I would imagine that escape to the water is probably kind of, it's a nice bit of balance. Maybe speak to that a little bit. How, how does it help you, do you in your words? Yeah, you know, it's um it's just it just offers some great thinking time. In fact, though, sometimes it's um it's just a wonderful escape. You know, um you know, so many times, you know, we get on the water and uh it seems like I'm only on the water for 10 minutes, but it could be like several hours. And uh you just get really um caught up, just engrossed in the moment and um just a lot of the pressures and the things that, you know, I might be toiling with they uh they just tend to subside for a little while mm-hmm. and it just gives me a break you know it gives me an opportunity to catch my breath if you had to think back to when you kind of started and i know you said at first you maybe looked at some youtube stuff and but maybe cite some influences if you had to pick a couple of people and they don't have to be people that you fish with it could be somebody you learned from on youtube or read in a magazine or just somebody that inspired you as a mentor in in general who would you cite as influences yeah, I remember. Um, I, I remember it was actually uh, Ken Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a Douglas guy at the time, and um, you know, just going out recording his videos, and uh, you know, he was uh, he was a great influence. You know, just brought was pretty fun, exciting, um, and uh, but as far as you know, other individuals, I can't say it was. Uh, um, no, I think it was really just, it's probably just watching quite a bit of Ken mm-hmm. and, you know, and then looking up videos and how to tie knots and a lot of, a lot of questions I had about how to read the water and where the fish are and everything like that. Um, <laughs> those kind of still seemed unanswered to me right. and it was just really getting out and just trial and error. <laughs> I love it. I can relate to that. And there's, there's so, <laughs> there's so many things to learn, right? I mean, whether we're talking entomology yeah. or, uh, fly tying, or like yeah. you say, reading the water, reading rises, reading it's speak to the observation that it takes to do, do this pastime well. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I think one of the things that helped me out quite a bit was actually the time constraint. Um, you know, here I'm trying to learn how to, to to find out where the trout are. And really, by the time I get out of the house, get to the stream, I only have about 45 minutes. So what I would start to do is, you know, just take one stretch of water. Um, you know, it might just be a riffle in a pool. And, uh, and I would just pretty much just work that same riffle and pool over and over and over. And, um, you know... When uh, I started to connect, I would, you know, start to take notes, journal that, and um, and actually, that's uh, I think that's one of the things that 
has really helped me out as an angler is is being able to work some of the same patterns of water over and over and over again. And uh, just kind of like with science, you know, you start to remove some of those variables and it takes some of that guessing out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it might, you know, be the drift if I'm just trying to to make sure that I get a decent drift. You know, um, not worrying so much about the fly color or you know the size, but but really working on my um, you know just that that drift or the cast and and so on and so forth. So I'd say that really actually just um, just picking one piece of water and and just really trying to um, to, to figure it out. Yeah, well, that, I, that was uh, that would the hold. greatest learning curve for me. That would really hone your skills. Like, I mean, in my own mind, I think of competitive fly fishing, kind of when you're stuck on a beat, that's your beat and you got to figure it yep. out, right? You can't just go, oh, I think I'll go around the corner. It looks good. <laughs> it looks good down there. Right. It's uh, that's very right, right. right. scientific and systematic. Yeah. yeah. Initially when, um, when I, when I first started, um, watching some guys on the stream, I remember this one guy. And he just seemed like he was moving, moving, moving. And, uh, and he was catching fish. And I remember asking him, you know, you know, Hey man, what's, what's the key to you catching fish? And he said to me, well, you know, man, fishing streams like real estate, it's location, location, location. You just got to keep moving, man, hit and go, hit and go. And, um, and that's, that's how I initially patterned myself. And, um, but then when I was, um, starting to expose myself to the fly fishing, the competition community. And, um, and these guys, you know, it'd be incredible. I would go in and, and do my best to work one stretch of water and maybe catch two or three fish and they would come in and, and then catch a dozen on top of the two or three that I caught. And, um, and it started to challenge me. And I realized that, you know, instead of just going in and just picking, you know, what I perceived as the sweet spots in the water um, I was really challenged by these guys to um, to start to quarter the water and just really go through it methodically, hmm. and um, and that uh, that also you know um, over this past couple seasons, you know it seems like um, every year it seems like around town here something happens where um, you know there might be some kind of development going on or. Um, and we, we kind of keep losing little aspects of our fishery. Right. Um, and so I had this place that was a great little stop that I would hit before work. And, but they, you know, there was a change in land ownership and, um, and then the access got cut off to me. So, you know, for me to pull off a little stent before work, I had to, um, I just kind of had to do this one run and it was like, you know, it was like my last choice, right? If I were to go do it. And, um, but as I just stuck on that, I've discovered that, man, there's great fish in here. And, um, and I just really have to learn how to quarter the water better and, and fish different methods. And, um, and that's all been kind of part of it is actually just a little bit of that time constraint, but also, you know, not worrying about, catching the biggest fish or, you know, many fish, but just going and saying, you know what, I'm going to isolate one piece of water and I'm going to fish it really well. And, um, and, and that's, that's really helped me out a lot. Hmm. Those are uh, some really good words and, uh, good advice. 
I, I want to take a couple of minutes to get to know you off the water a little bit. Are you ready for a few rapid fire questions? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, let, <laughs> let's talk music. So when you're on the way, to okay. the, when you're on the way to the water in your truck or car, <laughs> what are you? What are you listening to? Oh man, I am like I am. <laughs> here's the thing: is I don't listen to anything. Really, I love silence. <laughs> I love it. Love I it. love silence. Awesome. Yeah, I you know, and I'm I'm a. I would say my personality is I'm an extrovert and I'm around a lot of people. And uh, there's something about that morning. I love to get up early. Um, I get up. I get up way early, and I just start drinking mass amounts of coffee. <laughs> and uh and I just love to sit still and I just love the quiet and um you know sure I'll think about my day and but I'll also think a lot about the stream and uh and a lot of times I just start kind of um you know just just thinking of some nostalgic memories you know just over the over the few years and um so I really actually I love silence. I used to love music. I used to play in local bands when I was in school. And um, but man, something's happened to me. I just I really love that silence. And then when I get out and fish on my own, I just uh, I love that peace and that quiet. Yeah, well said. So I'm not a music guy. Fair enough. One go-to fly pattern that you cannot live without. So more often than not, when you hit your favorite um, beat, what are you uh, reaching for in your fly box? Well, it's going to depend on seasonally, but I would say, you know, with, with the lake runs, it would just be, you know, an egg pattern, Mm. be a a well-weighted tungsten egg pattern. Yeah. Get down there. I like it. Favorite place to talk fly fishing, Steve, is there a, well, it sounds like you you like your coffee. Is there a coffee shop locally, uh, a fly shop, um, somewhere you like to go and get your fix when you're not in your waders? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a big Starbucks fan and uh and I do love a celebratory coffee um after a trip and um I usually don't hang out too much. I usually get it and get it to go and um then I love to call my chums and talk about the day on the water. Mm-hmm. Favorite sports team. Now, you're just outside of Rochester, so we could go a lot of ways with this if you're a sports guy. Um, are we talking Bills, Knicks, Mets, Yankees, Rangers? Where do you get your fix in sports? Yeah, so um, I'm a little unconventional. Um, I do love football and uh, baseball and, uh, you know, the conventional sports, but... Um, Motocross actually is is probably one of my favorite um, sports passions. Uh, ride with my son. I still um, have had the privilege of pioneering some youth sports camps, and um, and we just actually came away this past week from a um, uh, we did a, a four day motocross camp mm-hmm. up in the Adirondacks, and uh, so um, yeah, I'd say I like cycling. And I like uh, motocross. Are you? And, a, uh, but I do like the bills. <laughs> are you? <laughs> are you a KTM guy, Honda guy, Yamaha? What are you? Yeah, I. Uh, I'm a. I'm a Honda guy. You're a Honda. I'm a, a CRF 250. Nice. That's a lot of power. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Right yeah. on. And the back's good. <laughs> yeah. 
no. <laughs> That's no, always. I'm, I'm, yeah, I wake <laughs> up pretty stiff. Biggest, sure. biggest lesson you've learned, Steve, on your fly fishing journey. So if you had to distill down to a single takeaway, your experience, kind of um, what fly fishing, what you've learned from the sport, could you do that? I know it's a big, big takeaway. Yeah. Now, do you mean like, you know, what, what I have, you mean like lessons in life? Or yeah. Do you mean... I would say like lessons learned from the water. So what, what is it you learn in fly fishing that you kind of take home off the water, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, kind of disappointments, you know, um, you know, sometimes I have expectations on the outing, right? want to mm-hmm. catch, you know, more fish or bigger fish. Um, and the trip seems more like it's a scouting effort. And, um, and you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, sometimes I just fall, I, you know, I just realize that, you know what, sometimes I just got to put in your, my time, you know, I got to put on my time. And, um, and, you know, I've been out enough to realize that, um, you know, we'll have those days that it just comes together and they're incredible days and, and, um, but they're not always like that. And, um, so, you know, I, I'd say in regards to life, you know, sometimes they're just, you know, there's aspects to our day that it's like a grind and, um, and, you know, it's just kind of disappointments and, um, but there's tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, I'd say, uh, I, I went out Saturday and I was trying to, um, you know, I was trying to see if I can get a piece of some early salmon action. And, uh, and I went out West, you know, towards, towards, you know, out towards Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, did Oak Orchard and, and, uh, and a few other Lake Ontario trips, which is early. It's, you know, it's pretty, pretty difficult to see anything running right now, but, uh, but I was kind of hopeful hoping that I would hit the jackpot and, but you know, there was nothing out there. And so, but, you know, just kind of walked away from that thinking about, you know, just, you know, different seasons I've had just in life and, and, um, you know, just that kind of stick to it, just hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I'd say that, that, you know, that has really helped me out a lot. That's very true. Cause when you, you know, you have, I try not to have too many expectations when you hit the water, but let's face it, the reality is it's kind of like a big build-up. You know, it's like hey, yeah. you kind of walk yeah. through it in your head, and when you get out there and they're not biting, or and we all have those days. I had one last week. I got, I don't get skunked very often, but it's just like, yeah, your mojo is just like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. And, <laughs> and the next day you could light it up. So. I, yeah. It was also a hundred degrees, which doesn't help, but <laughs> yeah. when you're not yeah. fly fishing, you're usually doing what? Yeah. So, um, you know, I am, uh, I wear a couple different hats, but I'm a, I'm a gym teacher and I'm a youth pastor mm-hmm. and, uh, I've been doing it for, wow. I've been doing it for about 24 years and, uh, so I'm 47 and, um, you know, kind of typically guys and in, in, in this field just kind of age out. Um, but, uh, I love it, man. I love being with the kids and, um, love being a big brother to a lot of kids. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd say 
when I'm not on the stream, um, I'm, I'm with a lot of students mm-hmm. and, um, and so, and it's, it's a, it's a real joy when I get the kids out on the stream with me. Best job you've ever had. Are you, are you doing it now? It sounds like you're pretty dialed in over there. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I, 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 you know, I am, uh, um, I love doing what I'm doing here with the kids, um, in the school. And, uh, and I'm certainly love being on the stream, love the le- lessons that I'm learning. Um, you know, guiding the reality of it is I've been guiding for a while. Um, you know, probably from after my first trout started to get other guys out on the stream and start to show them what I know and, and just transfer that knowledge to them. Um, and, uh, but I'd say over the, you know, this, just this past, well, it was just in March that I, that I launched the, you know, the business for profit. And, uh, and, you know, now I'm just, I'm, I'm loving the lessons of just kind of, um, meeting people where they're at in the stream, um, kind of discovering other people's expectations, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, kind of figuring out other people's motivations, why they're out there, you know, what they're, what they're expecting. And, and I just really enjoy, I enjoy learning, you know, that's, uh, I think that's what I really enjoy about it. And I, I'm realizing that the, um, the guiding aspect is, is bringing a whole nother layer to, uh, to learning, you know, just learn about people, learn about their expectations, well, you know, their goals. I would imagine too, with, with your, your day job, I mean, being an educator, a youth pastor, you're probably exposed to lots of different people, lots, you know, and that probably transfers nicely over to the world of guiding because you, you never know who's coming into your, you know, into your, your section of river to, to fish with you. And I'm sure that it probably lends itself really well to guiding. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It sure does. We're chatting today with Steve Poppin out of Rochester, New York, trouted out fly fishing pro guide, out of, well, western New York, Finger Lakes region, central New York. Um, Steve, let's get to know your region. Talk to us about the, I assume you're fishing a lot of tribs, uh, a lot of tributaries in, in New York State. Um, dial us in on the waters and the species you're you're chasing. Yeah, you know, I'd say, um, um, you know, we where I'm at, I'm, I'm in a great spot here. I got um, some great Lake Ontario tributaries to the west of me. Um, kind of right within half an hour of where I live. Um, and then, um, I can make, continue to make my way east and, um, and get some more great Lake Ontario trips. So we have kind of the bigger names, um, you know, Oak Orchard to the west and Salmon River to the right. Um, directly south of me is the, the beginning of the Finger Lakes. And, um, so the, the whole lake run scene is really, really a gem, you know starts off with uh, the Kings, the Chinooks and the Cohos in September. And, uh, and then you get the Lake Run, the Big Browns and uh, the Lake Run Bows, and they'll roll right into March. Mm. Um, so that's a Lake Run scene. And then we do have some, some tributaries here that, uh, that, that have some, hold some great residential, you know, Browns and Bows. Right. And, um, and so uh, it makes just really a, a great all-season fishery here. It, it always amazes me that that whole area, and and you you can travel a long way, and 
never run out of streams and tributaries and rivers to hit. It's just, and, and the fact that you have access to those fish year round is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really a gem, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is special. Um, you know, this summer has been, uh, you know, it's been, we've obviously too have been experiencing a lot of heat and, and, and dry. And, um, and so we've had to just lay off on our local fisheries here. And, uh, but not too far from, uh, the West branch, uh, Delaware. And so, um, yeah, I've, it's been fun to go down there and, and take some trips down there, take advantage of the cool tailwater there. Mm-hmm. So what are you chasing these days? So we are, we're having this chat in uh, early September of 2020. Uh, I, I always try to keep in mind that these, uh, these shows run for, uh, well, as long as I'll keep them up. So, uh, what are you chasing? <laughs> yeah. What are you chasing this time of year? Okay, so I mean, we are right on the verge of uh, of the the king, the Chinook salmon, um, coming out of the Great Lakes. Uh, they're starting to think about pushing up into the tributaries, and um, so that's kind of what I'm getting myself excited about right now is um, parking the uh, my my three weight, my Euro rod, and my my five weight, and uh, picking up the seven, um, my two hand switch, and and uh, getting ready to to do a little swinging for some for some salmon. Hmm. Have you ever been out and, uh, on on any of those trips fishing your three weight and then go, oh boy, <laughs> you know here comes here comes sure, the spring. Yeah, yeah, I sure have. It's it's always uh, it's always kind of an awkward time, you know. Um, come uh, come April, you know, uh, um, you know things are changing. Um, but you're still going to get some of the drop back bows, the, you know, the steelhead and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I certainly have hooked up with a, a handful of steelhead on my three weight and it's awesome and it's awful, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So are these, yeah, these egg so, patterns you're, you're, you're targeting, you mentioned some tungsten kind of egg patterns. What, what kind of color are these patterns? Are they mostly natural colors or are they chartreuse? Talk to me about colors and and maybe what you might be tying at the vice for these, uh, for these Kings. Yeah. You know, I, um, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. I, um, I, I don't, I don't bring a lot, a lot of variety. I guess that's kind of my personality. I like to just try to, to have a few selections. And, um, so it's worked well for me as far as egg patterns. I typically, um, I typically tie two variations. I'll do a, um, um, an Oregon cheese and Ilium pink, kind of like a, a 60, 40 mm-hmm. kind of little color mix, like a two tone. Yeah. I put it on a well-weighted tungsten bead. Um, really, you know, um, with the, the rules behind the great lake tributaries, you know, you can only have one fly and one hook and, um, and, you know, often we need to add shot to, uh, above the fly. You can't have shot below the fly. It's also part of the rules. Um, but, um, so to, to really try to get the best connection, I think it's just because of my Euro nymphing exposure. Um, I really like to have a well-weighted fly and, and, in a lot of the tributaries where I'll fish, um, you know, it's really small water, um, big fish running through small water. And, um, so it's phenomenal to have a tight line connection, uh, to Euro nymph, these big fish. So that's, I'll actually do that. I'll create a, uh, a Euro nymph leader 
and run it off my six or my seven weight hmm. and, um, and, and tight line them if I can. Um, I, you know, I still use an indicator, but there's a point where I just lose so many of them and I'm like, you know, this is killing me. So, uh, so really just trying to actually fish without the indicator has, has been great. So back to the fly though, I'll, um, I really will run, uh, just, uh, like a, an Oregon cheese, Ilium pink type of combo. I use a copper bead and then, um, um, a chartreuse egg. So a ecstasy, um, I use that. I like a love McFly foam. I think it's dense. It's easy. It saves my scissors. Right. So, um, those are my two eggs. I'll do a couple mop flies, chartreuse okay. and a cream. Um, you know, I, they, they become guide flies. You know, I, I used to put a little dubbing for a collar and, and they become basically the mop, the thread and the bead, you know, and it seems to be enough. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, I do like to swing and, um, and so, uh, buggers, you know, just a couple different variations of buggers, um, like to do, you know, black, black Mirabu with a, with a black polar chenille, love polar chenille. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do the same thing with the olive, olive with an olive polar chenille. I use, um, like a burnt orange and, um, and then white, uh, last year was, man, I, it was like, um, I, I've gone such a long time without really throwing many white streamers. And, um, but this year, especially with the salmon, they were, uh, they were on the white. And, um, so I do, uh, I keep it really simple. Um, egg patterns, mop flies, I'll do, um, um, woolly buggers and, and I keep things small. Um, my, mm-hmm. my eggs are twelves. My uh, woolly buggers are eights. Um, I do bunny leeches in sixes, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. That's my that's my uh, lake run arsenal right there. And then, and then I, I will have some stoneflies, um, and sometimes the the salmon will take the stoneflies as well. So hmm. that's a pretty pretty clean, simple box. Well, I like that because I know. It... As a fly fisher, it's easy to get overwhelmed with patterns, have too many options, especially when you tie your own because you're always trying to put a slightly different spin on things. And I think sometimes that's to the detriment of our, you know, success because like you said, if you, <laughs> if you go, go, go to patterns or go to patterns for a reason. What? Yeah. Absolutely. Stupid Absolutely. question for you. Have you ever tried when you tie these um weighted tungsten egg patterns, is is the bead have you ever tried the bead and then tied the egg around the bead or is the bead ahead of the egg? You mean actually dropping the bead it, on the line itself? I mean actually being part of the egg. Like so in other words, you tie the chenille or whatever whatever you're using for your egg pattern, uh dubbing oh. on top of the bead. Oh yeah, that's uh, absolutely. That's that's pretty much what I'll do. Is you know, just like with I'm tying a nymph, I will uh, I'll incorporate the um, you know I'll put the bead right on, and then I'll just drop the the yarn right on top of it. Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm using a, I'm trying to use a relatively big bead, and um, and it it just gets swallowed up by the the yarn itself. 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I was just curious. I was trying to visualize yeah. that because I don't fish a lot of egg patterns, which is uh, prob- yeah. probably should, but uh, we don't get a lot of spawning salmon in the neck of the woods where I'm at. But I know when we get over to the coast, that's that's a big go-to. Yeah, the, those, you know, the Lake Run Browns, they just, man, they get on that, and and it's just what they want. And it's uh, just really, really simple, really hmm. simple. And and I try to, you know, again, small. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll take it down a little bit. It probably looks more the size of a, um, you know, a trout egg than, than a salmon egg. Yeah, yeah. Pretty small. Hey, whatever works. And I would imagine, too, some of those <laughs> systems are small, so you probably have to be very uh, kind of covert. You know, you don't want to be uh, flashy and loud, and, and I would imagine simple and small probably is effective in, yeah. in those smaller waters. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I find that one of the, the biggest detriments um, in an angler's game is other anglers, you know, so... Um, you know, sometimes when I approach a fishery and, you know, in my mind, you know, and oh, man, I'd love to be in this one spot. And, you know, I've had so much success there. Um, but just knowing that there's been, you know, other anglers in there, um, you know, if I just kind of be patient, pass on through, find some some water that hasn't been fished, um, I usually will find that same success there. Have you so, had anything? Keep crazy happened to you on the water any weird fishing stories you'd uh that come to mind you can maybe share with us today <laughs> um well let's see here hmm. can't really you know nothing nothing too out of the ordinary um you know i i do have i do have some great memories so um most of them have, have been in, uh, you know, attempts going out when the weather is just absolutely, you know, blizzard awful, um, you know, just, just uncomfortable to be out in and, um, the snow's thick and, um, and it's just quiet, you know, but you just hear the the snow pounding and, and coming down in front of you and, and to just connect with, um, just a fantastic steelhead. Uh, I had this one day <clears throat> I was actually, I was coming back from, um, and, uh, there's a fishing expo and I met our friends, uh, Douglas up in Niagara. So Niagara Falls, there was a fishing expo up there and I came back and, um, you know, basically end up leaving the expo early cause, uh, there's a real heavy snow front coming through and, and um things were starting to close up and but i had my rods with me and and i just want to get a little piece of time on the water so i went and uh got onto one of the trips and there was just no one there i mean it was um you know no footprints went out there and um and up to that point in the winter um i just really hadn't had a lot of success swinging um, getting steelhead on the swing. And, um, and so <clears throat> I tend to do pretty good in in the fall on the swing, but in the winter, it seems to be more of a, an indicator or, or a nymphing game. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I just really had this appetite to swing. And so I, uh, I was kind of drifting a few egg patterns and, um, and, 
and I got one and it was a beautiful fish and I was actually fishing my, I was using my six weight and, uh, and I like to be a little undersized with the rods because um, I just it, it, I like how it protects the tippet and I like how it actually caused me to play the fish more aggressively when I have a, a lighter rod. Um, I think all in all the, the fish do better as well. And uh, but I remember um, yeah having my six and after I caught that one nymphinet I I just had that desire to to do some swinging. So. Uh, so I, I did a little switch over, threw on a sink tip, and um, and it was just one, two, three, four, five, uh, just in a row, and it was hmm. just incredible. I was hooting, hollering. The snow was like <laughs> pounding to my eyes. Um, I don't know what it was that really triggered that bite. Um, you know, the, the the weather was so adverse, but um, it was absolutely exciting. That and, sounds um, pretty good. Yeah, it was it was great. I went from you know, no no steelies on the swing to uh, to I think it was five or six that day. I was just about to ask you to describe your dream day. It sounds like you you had it. you might have had it, but if you could yeah. put put your artist hat on <laughs> and and paint us a picture, Steve. If you could describe your perfect day, like. You know, you're not guiding. You're you're on your own here. Your 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 day, your way, in a perfect world. Describe that for me. Yeah, I love. Um, you know, I'd say you know an an ideal outing is to go to a place that is, you know, a little familiar, but not overly familiar. Like I don't have a great confidence on, and I love. Um, just starting to think through the the strategy, kind of the tactical approach behind it. And, um, and, you know, it's like, uh, like getting up early. Um, uh, you know, I think about, I think about the trips I like to do down to the Catskills. Um, you know, I go to bed, I'm sitting there tying, getting excited. I know I should go to bed by nine o'clock, but I'm all geeked up, so it's about 11.30. <laughs> I get about two hours of sleep. It's 2.30, I wake up, start drinking coffee. I'm on the road by 3.30, you know, try to get there close to first light. And, uh, and you know, when I have my, in my mind, I have my string of spots. And, uh, and, 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 you know, just to be able to go and, uh, and just and hit those spots, be the only one out in the water. Just love the solitude. Just absolutely love it. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I don't I, I don't really dwell on hitting that same place over and over. I, I do love the adventure. I love, you know, checking out new places. Um, but, I, you know, I think what I do enjoy is maybe the second or third trip to a new place starting to kind of know my way around. I feel a little comfortable with where I can go. I have confidence in a few spots, but I know that there's a lot more out there, a lot more potential. And, and, uh, that to me is like just a perfect outing. Mm. What, what kind of species are you chasing on this dream trip? Um, Browns. I love Brown trout. Yeah. I'd say that they're my, uh, they're, they're my favorite, um, inland Brown trout. Yeah. Um, you know, here in 
western central New York will will we'll get the hatches, but um, but really our effectiveness is really nymphed, and um, um, so you know when when the streams do set up well and we got a really good hatch and the fish are rising. Um, you know, it just brings me back to the reason what, what really fascinated me by getting into fly fishing was that, that just aggressive topwater take. And, um, I found myself, I'd say this, this season, just kind of going back to my roots and just, just leaving the house with just my five weight and, uh, just throwing one single dry. And, uh, even if I was searching with no rising, you know, and just really enjoying that. So love the, love the lake runs, love the, the monstrous fish. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, you know, I think I love the charm and, and the, uh, the, uh, uh, just the tasty scenery of a lot of the inland streams. Yeah. You describe it well, but be, before we get into trout, <laughs> trouted out, how we book a trip with you and, uh, kind of your trips, what you're up to, I, I want to ask you a philosophical type question and, and that is, is there anything you think that we could be doing a little differently in fly fishing? Is there anything that kind of gets under your skin that we do that maybe we could be doing better? Um, you know what? Actually, I, I don't think so. I, you know, I have been, um, actually what's been going through my mind more has been just how well the fly fishing community is doing as far as, um, um, you know, I, I'd say locally around here or even 10 years ago, um, you know, there was such kind of a, a rough culture on the streams, um, um, you know, combat like fishing elbow to elbow type of stuff. And, um, and, and it seems like, I mean, I feel like our fly fishing community is doing phenomenal in our area. Um, they're going extra efforts, picking up trash, being very, uh, you know, just great etiquette. Um, if they want to pass through someone, um, or they want to fish the lower end of the hole, asking for permission and that. And it's just, um, actually I, I've just been more, I've just been more impressed on, on how well people are doing just as far as their etiquette goes, Hmm. um, handling fish. Um, this year, you know, with all the heat, um, and, uh, you know, guys have just been doing a great job just giving the fishery a rest, you know, not letting the, you know, not stressing them more than they already are. So I guess I, I'm not really resonating in that. Um, that's refreshing. Know. I like it. Yeah. It's I, no, I, I, I've just, it was actually something I was just thinking about the past couple of days. And, um, I was down at, um, you know, last week I was down at, uh, down on the Delaware and, I was guiding um, a father and a son, and uh, the dad took an unfortunate slip, and the water's cold down there. And uh, so, you know, we're getting around that dinner time hour, six, seven o'clock, and um, the sun's starting to set, and he's getting cold, you know. And uh, his son was getting a second wind, and and uh, we we're waiting for maybe a potential hatch, a sulfur hatch, and and. Uh, but you know the dad just let me know he's like Steve, uh, look, I I took a little dip here and and you know I'm ready when you guys are. So 
So um, um, I knew it was time to get start making our way back. So um, we had to basically walk back through where a lot of these guys were starting to set up, you know, for, for that evening rise. And, um, and it was, it was kind of, it was uncomfortable, right? Because we're basically now have to, to walk right, um, through the very line that they're going to be casting to. And so, you know, I, I had full intention and plans to walk around them. So as I went to start to do that, um, which is really not too big of a deal, but it was a pretty wide stretch and, um, you know, would have added maybe another 30 minutes to our commute back. And, uh, but all those guys, it was like five in a row, and they just kept interrupting, saying, "No, no, no, just go ahead, just walk right in front. Hmm. It's okay, just go ahead," you know. And and um, you know, it was just, it was great. It was that just is. great. It was, you know, guys were being sensitive to each other, and you know, it was like bigger than the fish. And so that's just where I've been resonating. I I just, um, you know, I've been um, I've been really impressed. Yeah, just really impressed. That's nice to hear. I, I, I like hearing that. It's not something I hear all the time. And I think, too, sometimes we don't give, you know, you may have some, some things that kind of irk us about certain things. or But when it comes down to it, I think more often than not as a group, I think there's some pretty good things going on out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if if, if we wanted to head out to uh, Oak Orchard, Salmon River, or the West Branch of the Delaware, take a guided trip with you through Trouted Out, uh, Steve, how do we do that? How do we look you up and uh, dial us in on that? Yeah, so I'd say the the two platforms that that um, probably get my most exposure would just be the website. So it's troutitout.com, troutitout.com, and um, and then also my Trout It Out um, Instagram site. So I am on Twitter, I am on Facebook, but uh, I tend to camp out most on Instagram, and um, and you know. Um, I, I'm, I, uh, I certainly do text, but I like to talk on the phone rather. So, um, you know, if anyone just wants to, um, give me a call, uh, they can certainly call my cell, uh, 585-284-2736. And, um, you know, really about anything. I, I, uh, I love, uh, you know, I love the educational aspect of things. I'm, I still love learning a lot about the stream and, and, uh, different areas. And so, um, I really, I really enjoy questions. Well, I, I've really, uh, enjoyed chatting with you tonight and, uh, love what you're, what you're doing. It sounds like, uh, you're hitting the water and, and getting some solitude, but also helping others find it. And, and, and also, uh, through your, uh, you know, coach, educator, youth pastor. Um, sounds like you're a busy guy in, in, in New York and, <laughs> and, uh, appreciate you taking the time tonight. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Even listening to a chat with Steve Poppin out of, um, Rochester, New York. He's a coach, educator, youth pastor, and a fly fishing pro guide with Trout It Out. Check him out at troutitout.com. Thanks for joining us. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.